welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hi everyone, I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. We're excited to bring you another in our series of interviews with top leaders in health IT. And today's guest is Matt Dixon. He's senior VP of product and strategy and also the GM of communication solutions. Welcome, Matt. Well, well, thank you so much for having me. Excited for our conversation today. Yeah, so before we dive into the topic, uh, tell us about yourself in Stericycle Communication Solutions. Well, as you noted, I got, I got lots of roles and jobs and responsibilities. So primarily I'm, um, really tasked with our go forward strategy around our technical solutions, but also have ownership responsibility around our day to day execution. So communication solutions is a division within Stericycle focused on patient engagement. And we both have digital automated tools that are self service in nature. And then we also have uh, live voice services and contact center solutions that we offer as well. Awesome. So we're at here at your user conference. Tell us, what are some of the biggest challenges and problems you're hearing from your customers? Well, staffing's at the front of everybody's mind right now. Uh, certainly there's clinical staffing challenges, but what more directly impacts the work we do is staffing challenges they're seeing on the administrative side as well. Mm. Certainly we're seeing a lot of that in contact centers, uh, lots of turnover, um, uh, certainly lots of challenges with escalated call volumes in certain areas. So it's really impacting them in two ways, right? Both the clinical and non-clinical side. And what you're seeing happen is some of that non-clinical burden is sometimes shifting to those clinical assets. Mm. So it's making it more and more difficult or challenging uh, for them to focus on the most important or key aspects of their job. What happens when you don't get a call when you call the central 800 number? You start dialing for dollars, right? You might call a local <laughs> clinic, you might call a local doctor just to try to get in there, get that information you need. Uh, and, and try to kind of break through that barrier. Uh, so certainly that's one of them. And I, I think what's really kind of creating even more challenges is that when you have a lot of turnover in the call center, sometimes it creates a little bit of a downward spiral. Hmm. So what I mean by that is you create what's a, a recall problem. So people call, they sit on hold, mm -hmm. they give up. They call back again. And then they now you have doubled home, your right? call. Now you've doubled your call volume, right? What also happens when you have those challenges as well, especially with turnover and attrition, is newer, less senior members of your contact center staff, they're just not as equipped to handle the most sophisticated mm. problems. So it creates a very frustrating user experience because you, you're like, oh, finally I get somebody. And you talk to them and they say, Unfortunately, I'm not capable of handling that problem for you. I need to transfer you to a more senior agent, or right? And it just creates a ton, a ton of frustration. It's frustrating for the contact center employees and certainly frustrating for the consumer as well. So certainly those problems uh, sometimes um, just compound upon one another. It creates more strain throughout the entire healthcare system. So I'd say uh, certainly that's one of the primary challenges they're working through. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I find it fascinating. I think a lot of people don't recognize how the shortage of staff in the administrative functions leads to more burnout on the clinical functions because, you know, like you said, we, we're going to go hammer until we get an answer. And if you don't <laughs> have the you know administrative staff to answer it, then I'm going to bug your clinical staff. That, that's really interesting. 
The other thing I hear is people using automation. Yeah. And you know, and and they have to because of the shortage that you talked about. How is the market reacting differently to automation now than maybe they did in the past? Well, I mean, certainly the interest is at an all-time high, right? Uh, they're they're really exploring those possibilities uh, in many different ways. I think what they're awakening to, though, when they think about automation today, is more holistic in that approach. Mm. Uh, it used to be very pointed in nature, right? Okay. We're going to solve for this little block mm -hmm. and automate that. What you're seeing and being asked of us certainly is more interaction with other partners in their ecosystem, right? The goal is to create a seamless patient experience across ecosystems, across technology stacks, even across vendors. So what I think you're really starting to see is this idea that I need to pull together all of the people that impact that patient experience or that co consumer journey and get them to share data, get them mm. to work together, get them to integrate their solutions so that from a patient perspective, it feels like it's all coming from us, right? From the health system. Uh, so certainly I think that's one of the ways that it's quickly evolving or changing is trying to do their best to not have a fragmented solution that's this vendor does it this way, this one does it this way, even from look and feel perspective, right? You want that uh, seamless transition from one solution to another, much like if you have one vendor for online scheduling and another one that maybe handles intake. You certainly want those to feel like they're part of the same experience mm -hmm. and not this jarring um, change in experience that can happen when you're trying to source those from different vendors. Yeah, that makes sense. So what do you think the impact is of automating things like, you know, self-scheduling, you know, StairCycle has a, an awesome solution for that, one of the leading solutions for self-scheduling. So what, what's the impact when you do automate that? You know, I mean, what, what, what can people expect? You know, talk about, you know, I think it happens, you know, from a patient experience standpoint, but also on the financial side, the automation workforce side, what are the impacts you look at? Well, well certainly ROI, right? So the more you can do without a, person on your end engaging, uh, certainly the, the higher the return on investment is for those particular solutions. As long as it's implemented correctly, right? That, I mean, well, I, well, that's very true, right? I'll, I'll say something that's maybe a little controversial. I don't believe in the idea of a frictionless patient experience. Mm. I think the challenge to your point is, not only does it have to be implemented correctly, we need the right amount of friction to help the patient make the right decision. Mm. And then once they make the right decision upon their next steps, now, that's when you create an easy frictionless experience for them to take action, right? Mm. Uh, but all too often what you see, and I think some of the fear around this automation is, uh, people uh, are, are worried that someone's just gonna show up in their ER with heartburn, <laughs> right? Because you've made it super easy for them, uh -huh. right? Or uh, uh, These are certainly things you have to think through. The other thing I would say is it makes you more competitive. Mm. Uh, we talk about this a lot. Uh, you're seeing it, and matter of fact, one of the things we, we're talking about at our conference here is our third annual patient engagement survey. And what you're seeing is convenience is king. This is the number one thing people are uh, looking at when it comes to choosing healthcare today. And if you're not offering that convenient experience, they will go elsewhere. They will look to your competitors to have that experience because that's what they've come to expect, right? You and I were just talking before <laughs> before we uh, got on camera here. We are talking about uh, same day delivery from Amazon, right? Like I can literally now 
go on right now and order something and it'll be here sometimes today but at worst tomorrow and i know exactly where it is in the process i know when it shows up in my front door there's a picture right that that's what they've grown to want desire and need uh, so certainly i think there's a competitive aspect that needs to be considered as well mm. I, I think you're right and i think people realize yeah, we need to do this, yeah. right? Because my patients deserve it and they want it. But how do you overcome the fear people have, right? Because I think they're like, well, if I automate it, will the quality be as good? Will, you know, like, will it do the nuances that I've learned over the years? Like, how do you work to overcome that fear? Well, I think the first step is realizing you don't need to automate everything, mm. right? It's not an all or nothing proposition. So as much as we talked about wanting to create that seamless experience across different vendors, I think what's important to recognize very early on is where does that automation make sense and where does it require that high touch? And picking the right path based on that experience. Certainly, to your point, uh, if somebody's uh, going to see a cardiologist uh, after they've had uh, EKG, um, we probably maybe don't want them going on to an online solution, picking the appointment type, picking the time, right? <laughs> There's a lot of preference there to say, hey, I want my pre-ops on this days, I want my post-ops on this days. Uh, these are things you really have to think through. Uh, but I would also say in the same breath, I, I think you do need to push a little bit, right? Mm. Past that discomfort. There has to be uh, a, a little bit of a level of discomfort to say, yes, this isn't the way we've done it but we need to embrace a new way. Uh, because again, like we talked about, this is the patient that's driving this, right? At the end of the day, if you're not patient or consumer centric as an organization, uh, I think in time that it's gonna come back to bite you. So you really need to focus thinking and looking at it through the patient's eyes and really understanding where it makes the most sense and where it does present those challenges. Cause you're right, not everything should be automated. Yeah. I heard someone say recently that if you're not a little bit uncomfortable, mm -hmm. then you probably aren't transforming. That's right. <laughs> which that's I think exactly is exactly right. what you described. So, you know, we talked about automating self-scheduling, which, you know, can definitely take a burden off uh, organizations that don't have enough staff, et cetera. What are some other areas that you look at? You know, you said don't automate everything, but what are some areas that maybe you could automate and, and do make sense to automate and still provide it, you know, maybe even a better patient experience? Well, I think anything that reduces the burden on your clinical staff. I mean, that has got to be your focus right now today. Um, yeah. I, I read a study that said the number one predictor of primary care physician burnout is the amount of messages that they have to respond to <laughs> in the EHR, yeah. right? Uh, these people, I would say generally, if I were to um, generalize in that way, uh, these people got into medicine to make people better. They didn't get into medicine to navigate insurance co-payments. They didn't get into medicine to uh, get pre-approvals. They didn't get into medicine to uh, return messages that are coming that don't require their level of specialization. They wanna focus on what they do best. Uh, and really that's the hallmark of a world-class organization is letting the people with the expertise do what is unique uh, to them, right? And let them um, infuse that throughout your experience. So anything that can uh, reduce that administrative burden, I certainly would uh, encourage health systems to embrace. Certainly the other thing we're seeing is decision support systems. Mm. Uh, these, I think, again, not only they to reduce some burden because you're trying to pull together all this information, right? Sure. From this part of the EHR here, there, and everywhere. Uh, and you're doing it with 
probably a larger patient population than you've ever had to deal with. Primary care physicians today are probably seeing you know, 20, 30% more patients than they did even five point. or 10 years ago, right? Yeah. So how do you make sure that you're getting for the physician, pulling all that information together in a way that's accessible to them to quickly assess and make the right next clinical decision for that patient? and doing it in evidence-based ways, right? So mm -hmm. we have evidence-based outcomes. We need to build better tools for physicians to leverage that uh, so that again, they can treat a larger portion of your population uh, just as well as they could treat if they just had one patient, right? It's trying to bring that one patient experience to your entire population. Yeah, that's fair. So as you look at your experience with patients, I mean, we talked about the provider side, right, and the organization side. How about the patient side? What's what's their response to automation? Because as we know, if we look at other places, sometimes we love automation, and sometimes we're in automation misery because it sends us into a loop that doesn't yep. solve our problems. So what, what's the patient response to automation you've worked on? Well, you stole my answer. I think, uh, okay. I think there's two key <laughs> hallmarks to successful automation. One, it has to be either an inflection point or an endpoint. Okay. Right? So it either has to point me in the right direction or this is the final stop on the train, gotcha. right? When it becomes just another step that I have to repeat again later, it drives people nuts. I see this all the time in my own personal experience, right? So they say, go online, fill out your medical history. <laughs> what is the first thing they do when I walk in the door? Fill out your they hand you a piece of paper to fill out your medical history. I'm like, why did I spend 10 or 15 minutes of my time before this appointment filling out my medical history if you're just going to ignore it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so patients, again, that, that's really what they're looking for is an, an, an automated experience uh, that eases their burden, not just becomes another step in the journey that doesn't take away, it's additive to their work, not subtract, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's really what they're looking for is those kind of experiences. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the personalization, understanding what needs to be automated and what can be automated yeah. and what shouldn't, what needs to be escalated to a human. Well, I'd say the other thing too is um, we're seeing uh, a lot of automation is generating more data Mm. But what are you doing with that data, <laughs> right? So if you don't have, and this is where I think you look at some of these non-traditional players where I think they have an advantage, the Amazons of the world, the CVS, they have solutions that are deeply rooted in analytics from their core. So now you're generating even more noise potentially, right? Mm. In, in an in a automated way or in a digitized form. But how are you taking that, pulling it together to create real insight about a patient, right? So we, we see a big push with, um, hey, Apple Watch can do this now and that, and they can send your results to your physician. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, do you think your physician's really looking at your results yeah, from your Apple Watch? Yeah, did it improve care or just add yeah, to the noise? The what a question. <laughs> yeah, the, the answer likely today is no, right? Mm -hmm. Patients want to know one thing and one thing only. Am I okay or not? Yeah. And if you're not using that data you're getting from automation to help them feel confident about am I okay or am I not, Again, you're just generating noise that's not additive to the to the end result or the patient experience. Yeah, absolutely. So as you look at it, how else could you help a health system who may be struggling with workforce challenges? What other thoughts do you have for them? I mean, it's the number one topic we have mm -hmm. at Healthcare ID today. 
Well, I think uh, for us, we have done some really interesting programs with some of our clients today, things like peer support lines. Oh, interesting. Where burnt out staff uh, uh, can call into us and we connect them in real time to volunteers within that health system. Some of those may be clinical in nature, some of those may be their peers. Just that shoulder lean on, right? To say, mm -hmm. man, I am, I'm stressed out today, right? Especially during the midst of the COVID pandemic. Uh, you, you certainly had uh, clinicians practicing that probably saw more um, adverse outcomes in a short experience mm -hmm. or, or a short period of time than they had ever seen. And certainly the other challenge there, I think for them was in a lot of instances, there was a lot of pushback from patients or their families too, right? That's to say, true. this is the care path you should be taking and getting pushback around that. Uh, so certainly just having that shoulder to lean on often, uh, I think can certainly help um, reduce some of that burnout, reduce some of those staffing challenges, reduce some of that struggle and make those those employees feel cared about, right? We spend so much time focused <laughs> on how do we make our patients, our consumers feel cared about. How do we turn that same set of tools, technology, and solutions towards making your staff feel cared about? Because uh, in my experience, and I take this approach with my contact center employees, I believe uh, um, experience, employee experience drives good consumer experience, right? Okay. So if you can create a good experience for employees where it's right. easy for them to get information, they feel supported, they feel like they have what they need to do their job, that naturally bleeds over to the way you're servicing that customer or that consumer. When you make it hard for them to do their jobs, that frustration <laughs> will typically bleed over as well to the consumer. So I think that's the challenge, right? Is how do you take these tools and really make for a better experience with your employees? Yeah. It's a great idea. You take care of the clinicians, the yes. staff, and they'll take care of the patients. That's right. So, beautiful Absolutely. message. Well, thanks so much, Matt, for sharing these insight per and insights and perspectives and uh, how automation can help with this really important challenge of workforce. So thanks so much. And thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.